Hi, I'm Jackie Leonardini. And I'm Brad Wallach, and this is Funny Energy. A show where Brad brings on a friend of his from the comedy world who he believes can benefit from an energy reading. And I'll be honest, that's literally every comedian. So listen, as we cleanse our energy and laugh along the way, this is Funny Energy. Okay, welcome to Funny Energy. It's Funny Energy time. Uh, I'm Brad Wallach, and I'm joined by, that's great, our producer, Devin, is yawning off, already yawning. By the way, that intro, Brad. What? I've never heard you sound Jewier than that (laughs) intro. I think I should introduce our guest before I, uh, <laughs> now it sounds like we just had an anti-Semite who come on. He's Jewish himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, comedian Josh Wolf is joining us today. Now, Jackie, I'm joined by Jackie Leonardini, who's the. Hi, Josh. Nice to meet you. Healing expert here. And uh, I don't know about and, expert, but yeah, you are. Okay. You are. For this podcast, you are. Okay. Uh, no, you are. You are a renowned what does that mean, renowned? Well known, re- highly regarded, no, right? I, I, yeah. It means using a noun twice. <laughs> <laughs> Renowned, yeah. That actually is how Josh would think. Anyway, so today our guest is my dear friend, Josh Wolf, who is really, there's so many things I can say about Josh, but he he is a great comedian and he's, uh, you know, on tour constantly and everything. And we produced his talk show, the Josh Wolf show on oh. CMT, which is great. And we go way back to, he was on the test show for uh, Chelsea lately. That's right. And that's where I first met him. And we've been on the road together and, you know, traveled the world and, and, and Josh is one of the greatest individuals you will meet. And, you know, well, thanks, I, with, no, you are. I mean, without going to too much, I'll just say that this is a guy who raised three kids on his own when he had no money and nothing. And two of them weren't even his biological children. And he's just a thoughtful and I, I don't know why I'm going on and on like this, because I haven't done that to anyone else. But he really is just a just a a real mensch to bring oh. it back to the Jewiness of it all. And his cousin is party of five star Scott Wolf. Yeah, so, most important. That's probably the most important uh, thing yeah, about yeah. Josh. But he's done it all. He can do it all. And he's just a, a really beloved person. So, Jackie, heal him. Heal. Okay. Heal him. He, have you ever had an energy medicine session before? Do you even know what that means? Well, is Reiki considered that? Yes. Then, yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I would say Beth, his wife. She's into this stuff, right? Very. And I came into the relationship a little um, skeptical is the best word to use. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm 100% on board. You should have seen we had Natasha Leggero on there. Yeah. She was like, when we first brought her up, she was like, so like standoffish. And I mean, by the end, she's like, Jackie, you need to come on my podcast and talk to me and Moshe. And, and she was like, totally into it and a believer so well i think it makes sense because to people when you think about everything is being energy right we're in that we live in an electromagnetic universe so if we start to think of everything as a wavelength of energy and that we get to attune to those wavelengths and i think that shifts a lot for people right that realization oh yeah i am energy oh yeah my cells are you know these little generators of energy that create shape and form called me 
And we we are in a constant state of radiating and receiving energy. And the point of this session is about, you know, where's your energy in flow? Where do you feel like you're in harmony with yourself, within yourself, but also with your experiences and in your relationships? And then where are you out of alignment, out of harmony? And what do I need to know so that, you know, I can shift it? That's always the basic question that we start with in an energy medicine session. Like, so I guess I'm asking you, like, where do you feel in flow and and where are you feeling like you want to shift something? And what comes up for you when I even ask that? Like, well, I think in flow for me is always my relationship with my family. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's my wife and my kids or my mom and dad or my brothers, my cousins, like that always is really feels very in flow. Mm -hmm. The relationship that is the bumpiest is the one with myself. Interesting. And so that is one that I've really been working on pretty diligently for the last four or five years, I would think. I don't know if it's the business I'm in or the amount of over however many years, the amount of rejection that you are constantly faced with is something that you really have to you really have to come to terms with. And I don't know how it is with other people's business, but our business, when people say, don't take it personally, well, my business is me. Right. I'm pitching an accounting firm. <laughs> you know, I'm not pitching a, I'm not pitching, I'm not yeah. saying this is a good jingle for Coca-Cola because if you reject that, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. Everything I pitch is me. And so when you say no on the, on their end, it's business on my end, takes a long time to learn not to take that personally. Yes. I mean, that he boiled it down to a T and, and it is. And I think, you know, I, in another episode, I was talking about how after Chelsea lately, I said, I guess I'm not a performer anymore. And I just kind of cut myself off to kind of save myself from, from that rejection of, you know, so we were, we were talking about that and, and how I now kind of, hide behind other people and projects. And it's a lot easier for me to, to push and sell things that I'm not the face of. And it's a lot more personal when it is you up there and they're like, no, you know, we don't want you. And so I, I that, that absolutely resonates, I think with probably anyone who's definitely in our industry, you know. So you and Josh have a similar, what I would call in my business, a beast, a similar dark being that tells you that if you're rejected, you're worthless, you're unworthy, right? And does that sound about right, Josh? Yeah, it's funny. I know when you say it out loud, I'm like, that sounds silly. But I also know that's how it feels. Mm -hmm. right? And there's no, even when your brain knows it, you're like, this is business, dude. This can't take this personally. That's not how it my body feels. No, your body feels persecuted because we can talk about karma. So part of why you're even, your soul loves the truth, right? Our soul at our core is divine light. It's truth. That is truth. Your family and the flow that you feel with your family so um, beautifully is unconditional love, which is truth, which is I know no matter what, you love me. I know that you see my shadow where I'm frightened. And I know that you connect to me so deeply in the frequencies of love. That harmonic is what rules our relationship. And that's, you know, you've established that 
in your family system. It's everyone else that your soul needs to feel safe around. So you, in an interesting way, we will put ourselves in these situations that will continually light up our fears, our pain, so that we can finally look at them and say, oh, yeah, you're a big fat lie. That fear of rejection, that if I'm rejected, everything's going to fall apart or I'm going to be devastated or wounded or destroyed is a lie. Because the truth is that I'm capable and I am I am love. I know this from these other places, right? But this, what we call in my business pain picture around the fear of rejection keeps getting reinforced, right? In your business when you're and in your business, right? And every time you're rejected, you go, oh yeah, see, it's true. I'm not good enough. Oh yeah, there it is. And actually that thing, Josh, becomes a thing. Mm -hmm. It actually, because everything is energy. And the more I believe the lie, the more I feed the beast, because the truth is, yeah, you were rejected. That happened. The lie is, is that you're not good enough. And that lie hides the truth that we are all energy and everything is about connection. And so if I don't connect with someone, there's no magnitude that's going to hold me in relationship to it. And when someone looks at you and says, no, not you, because my business is personal as well, right? If someone comes to, in my private practice, it's either you don't like how I work, then you don't work with me. What I've learned to do is surrender to the truth that the people who I connect with and work with are going to be, are going to come forward. If I worry when someone cancels an appointment or someone only works with me once and then drops, you know, drops the practice, then I go into that fear of rejection. Then I'm going to keep being rejected and I'm blocking the creativity of the universe to actually bring that connection and flow with people who meet me on the same wavelength and that I can create with. Well, I think that's why we always find ourselves working on something with Josh. Uh, we mm -hmm. always keep coming back. We're working on something really big with him now. And we just need to raise three and a half million dollars in case anyone out there is listening. <laughs> well, then and you have best in your worth if you Yeah, no, it, it, it is. But it's the time. But uh, honestly, I want it, you to it, know, Brad, that Tom and I were like, if Brad wasn't so fucking blocked, we'd have this money. <laughs> 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 but really, it, the truth of it is, is the financial model that we built is based off of Josh's success on touring and then on online and everything. And see, the funny thing is, Josh, you talk about rejection and how hard it is. I see you as someone who's doesn't get rejected. And I know I see you as someone who even when, you know, yeah, the, the, your sitcom didn't get picked up, but guess what? We still sold it. You know, you still sold it. You still got the script. You still, you know. You know, I think that season, I remember when we had your show, I think there was a, I remember that was the same season. There was a show like at ABC that Spielberg did with Diablo Cody and everything. And that didn't get picked up. You know, it's like, so you go, okay, this, so this is not really but, me. But you you're in compare, you're using then compare and contrast energy and order. Oh, wrong? Yeah. Oh, not wrong. Sorry, Josh. Not wrong. But I want to show you an angle. Oh, okay. okay. It's not, nothing's wrong or right. That judgment is not an ethereal. Yeah, why are you frequency. rejecting me? I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm showing you both the angle when you do, well, that didn't happen either for them. So it must be okay. It's not really a rejection. It's just a bad time, 
right? It's just the industry was confused. Yeah. yeah okay. Now you're comparing and contrasting. It's just another angle in which you hold on to the beast of the fear of rejection. Does that make sense? Yeah. I will tell you also, Brad, it's a hundred percent perspective. And this is one of the things that I've been working on is stopping to think about the not thinking anymore about things that I don't have. And so anytime that comes into my head, I push it out with things that I do have. And so anything like your family, anytime, yeah. Anytime I even think about, you know, one thing that I started to think about the other day, which is true, and I'm not bragging in the history of people who have done this job, I'm in the 1%. Yes. And that's what I think when you, when you say you get rejected and you get, I see you as a big success. And I, someone who I, believes in themselves. I do believe in myself. More than you should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I carry my clipboard wherever we go, Brad. No, but you are. You're, confident. I, I don't think you You probably don't even remember this, but in terms of, you said to me early on, uh, he goes, Brad, when you do stand up, you don't even have to say a setup and punchline. You just give an opinion and people will find it funny just because the way you are doing And he is just the embodiment of kind of funny and just being himself and just, yeah. but there's you know, a lot of really being on his shoulders. Do you, do you feel that? Like, I don't know, right now I tune into your spine and it's like the middle of your back and then it creeps, you know, out this way. And it's like, he's got a monkey on his back or he feels like he's got to carry the load for so many. And so when he, and you correct me if I'm, off on this. Oh, you're you're a hundred percent right. <laughs> so when he's rejected, it's not just a rejection of himself; it's a rejection of of his his desire to take care of everyone. It's become a hindrance almost, or an albatross. And so we have to get that sort of beast off your back because it's making everything feel like it's hard. Tell me how that resonates with you, if you don't mind. Hundred percent accurate. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of the episode. Thank okay. you. Thanks. <laughs> nice, nice to meet you. I, you know, you keep that monkey. I won't help you take it off. But no well, Josh, But here you go. Yeah. Josh. Josh is a huge provider, and you know he takes care of everyone, especially his family. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the guy. How many times did you move around in the past? However, five years. You know, especially well, here in LA, just because in that in that year we moved fifteen times. 15 times. And the guy did not complain. It was for health reasons, you know, and mold and everything. Interesting mold. Yeah, it was a mold. Well, not for Josh. It was for... for, Did you have mold in your home? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So mold is a frequency that is very destructive and diminishing. The frequency, the energy frequency that mold is the frequency of destruction, is the frequency of not enough. No matter what I do, it won't it won't be enough, right? And so when those spores get in, they have a tendency, that's what they like to grab onto these places and spaces within us and where oh, we- should probably get a mold like inspection at my house then. Mm-hmm. Uh. No, but I'm just saying, it's interesting that you said, I think this is part of what we're picking up on with you is that I've got to make it happen for people and that deep, deep sense of, 
I'm responsible for everyone's experience. Even, and, and yeah, even and he doesn't complain per- about it. That's no. the most amazing. Like he was, I was strong. Like, if I have to move something from one room to another in my house and my wife, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, Shannon. I'm not doing that right now. I am busy. This guy picked up and moved in all the expenses and cutting out of leases early and signing new ones. I, I mean, and the guy, he didn't complain. He's just like, I got to go on the road. You know, <laughs> and I, it was it was unbelievable, but yes, he he is all about other people. So, so Josh, tell me more about how this is resonating, and then I want to say something like, "Where do you believe that it's your? It's almost like someone told you that you're the guy. We all lean on you, and you accepted the role. And maybe sometimes you're allowing a little bit too much of leaning on you rather than standing next to you and walking forward with you. Is that?" Is yeah, that makes that sense. Accurate? I'm not sure which question you want me to, what you wanted me to answer, though. I want you to tell me about where you feel like you're pulling the wagon a little bit too much and and too much on your own. Financially, emotionally, like, it, I feel pretty taxed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how else to put it, but it's, in it, but it's years of it, mm-hmm. you know? It's years of it. And so I haven't figured out a way mentally to allow myself to take a step back from either one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't want to let go of the balloon, you know, because I don't know mm-hmm. if I'll ever be able to grab it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have a fear of letting people down? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost part of your profession because when you're, when you guys are up there and your goal is to entertain and to touch people and help them to laugh. When they don't laugh, I would imagine that that is a feeling of, oh, gee, it's my responsibility to make you laugh. I mean, I think when I was a younger comic, maybe, mm-hmm. but right now I don't feel that responsibility. All I can do is my job. Mm-hmm. And then I can't control how you take that in. I think when I was a younger comic, I definitely mm-hmm. was like, oh, I got to make sure they have a good time. I've got to make sure they have a good time. And right now I get on stage because I love it. And if they have a good time, great. If not, then they probably won't come back. So seasoned and he's so good at it. I just went and saw his latest hour the other week and he was the best I've ever seen him. And I think he's just, I don't think you fear that anymore because honestly, the audiences that are coming to you are coming to see you because they're fans. So he's gotten to a point in his career where I don't think you fear no laughter. No, but I think what he's done, what you're saying is that you've evolved. You've evolved from that place. And actually, even though your home life feels so balanced, right? All of that responsibility though, that you're putting maybe on yourself, right? Is actually feeding your fear of rejection in your professional world because it's connected. I will tell you something that's been happening a lot within the last year, two years, actually, since we started, we came out of quarantine. A lot of people found me on quarantine, during quarantine. And um, and I feel like a pretty open, you know, one of the my favorite compliments I get in a meet and greet is that just felt like a friend of mine in my living room telling me some stories. But with that familiarity, and I'm a, I'm a pretty accessible dude. 
I've heard a lot of heavy stories in the meet and greets. I've heard a mm-hmm. lot, a lot, of, a lot more than I ever had. Mm-hmm. I, my meet and greets, I, I don't charge for them. Sometimes they're 300 people long. And I get a lot of other people's energy. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> no, I can. Feel Josh it. has always been dumb with I, money. I can feel <laughs> it in his, oh, his money. <laughs> I can feel it in his second chakra though. And uh, have you been having digestive stuff going on? Yeah. Here's a couple of things. I'm super thankful and appreciative and humbled and honored and all these things that these people want to share these stories with me. And mm-hmm. I, somebody asked me, one of the meet and greet guys, he was like, what are you doing? I was like, look, man, if they leave their house to come see me, I can give them five minutes of my time. Like that's, I don't, and he was like, yeah, but five minutes times 300 people. I'm like, yeah, but to them, it's only five minutes. Right. And so if it's interesting, I don't feel a responsibility to do that, but I feel like, you know, minimal effort, maximum result stuff I'm really into. Yes. And it's You're, minimal effort for me, yeah. you know, and it's maximum result for them. And I feel like, but because of that, like there was a woman whose son had passed two days before my show and he had bought her the tickets for Mother's Day. She waited. She was the last person in line. And she just said, do you mind if I tell you some stories about my son? And it was so heavy. Yeah. It was still, it was very emotional. But I've, I've had so much of that recently in the last couple of years that I can actually feel myself starting to fill up a little bit. Like I get, I'm, I'm way more emotional in my day-to-day life. It just feels, and again, I'm, I'm happy. In a good way or, or a, it's a not as it's welcoming way? Yeah. In the moment, Brad, in a very good way. If I can somehow take some of that from them, not take, but I don't know how else to put it, but relieve some no, of you're that. T- you're taking it. That's an exact way. Because what you're doing is you're saying, and this, is, this is, goes back to pulling the wagon. And if I can take your pain from you, then I'm... No, I mean, that actually resonates a lot because I, I've told the story on another episode of this and about how uh, when we did Chelsea Lately, we'd go around and you'd be on tour and people would come up and say, hey, that show has really helped me through a tough time. And I was with Josh when we were, I think, in Wisconsin, Appleton, Wisconsin. Shout out. And it was a guy with a brain tumor had uh, come to the show and talked about how what the show meant and and it, ju- it was all arranged through Josh. Josh had brought the guy in and everything. And I still tell that story like how benevolent we were to meet with this guy. What what a good thing! And that was just one experience, you know. And and you take that on, and it's always stuck with me. And it's humbling, you know, so jo- right? Isn't yeah, it's it very humbling. Yeah, like to think that that the this is why I have a hard time not being there. Because these people, whatever it is, they're living with it. And somehow they're getting a relief from something that I, my silly jokes. And for me, I don't know if I feel a responsibility. I, I honestly have been thinking about this a lot lately. Because I, mean, I tour with my son, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, how do you do that every night? He said, that's, that's heavy. He said, I, I, you know, I can't. We can't. I'm thinking of Jacob sleeping on like your couch when we were doing the Josh Wolf show as the PA. He was he would take naps in Josh's office. The guy go, hey, so how do you do that? I'm like, yeah. So the guy would take naps on the couch when he was supposed to be working. But 
I just need, I don't mind taking it. I haven't found a way to release it. Yeah. And that's what's building up and that, and then it's actually creating some tension along your spine and also, you know, messing with the, it's creating an imbalance in your digestive system is what I'm seeing and sensing. So a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> it's, but well, I, I think that's from being Jewish. Honestly. Yeah, true. That is true. <laughs> that's an easy one. She heard you're Jewish a lot. Let me guess. Digestive issues. Anxiety. Digestive problems um, to the Jews. That seems part of the deal. And, and fear of and fear of rejection and persecution. And and it's oh, persecution, fun. yeah. It's, it's funny, but it's also a thing we call epigenetics, where I fear energy is in the in our DNA, right? It's what makes us makes us us and and so it gets passed through our dna it's probably why some of my favorite jokes i ever did were holocaust jokes <laughs> yeah well because you're trying to work through the pain yeah and the suffering of the holocaust but which is you know very very we want to call trauma capital t that's somebody doesn't even describe it as we know depends on your perspective well okay oh gosh <laughs> oh gosh here we go but but the most important thing is let's focus on josh and how do we how do i show up the, the question for you is, how can I show up in, in honor of who I am, which is somebody who wants to create laughter and relief for people, wants to give people a break, interrupt their pain, right? And you don't need to absorb it in order to do that for them. And so right now in your method, you're absorbing it. You're saying, give it to me, right? I speak to people all day long about their trauma and their pain, but I don't want to take it on because if I take it on, like you're you, like you said, you're filling up. It's almost as if you're in the quicksand with them, right? Yeah. And you're sinking. And if you're sinking, how are you going to get out? And how are you going to help them out of it? You don't want to sit in the pain with them. You want to provide a vessel. So one of the things that I do when I'm working with people or listening to people is I put a big white, I see this like fluffy white rose. Or you could see a sponge or whatever you want to do that would say, I want this energy. This is compassion. And it gets to absorb this person's pain. Give it to this. And I'll sit here and hold the space for that and listen and show you that I'll meet you in compassion and kindness. But I'm not going to go into empathy and sympathy because empathy means I merge with you. And sympathy means that I'm judging your experience as good or bad or right or wrong. And I don't know if it's any of those things because one, judgment is not an ethereal frequency. And I don't know why someone's ha having the experience that they're having. It may be for their, their highest and best good. And it's exactly what they need to have so that their soul gets an opportunity to grow. And some of the most horrific things that we hear can actually be turned into a miracle if we choose to see the wisdom in it, if we choose to see at the very least, hey, I'm really strong and I got through that and now I know my own strength. And so if you can approach each one of those people with just the compassion, let me see through your pain, I know and trust, and I ask that for somehow, some way, you'll be able to turn it into your growth, your miracle to happening for you rather than to you. And that helps you to stay neutral. Then you can see 300 people at one time and walk away feeling only the beauty 
of the exchange of unconditional love and mutual regard that you're offering everyone in your life without feeling the burden or the responsibility of the pain that they're sharing with you, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And so the other thing about, you know, we are sponges, we do absorb energy. So that fill that halfway full that you're feeling is you absorbing that energy and your body and your, uh, you don't, it doesn't know what to do with it. So it's weighing you down and making things feel more difficult than they need to be. And it's also feeding that fear of rejection because all of that energy that you're absorbing isn't healthy energy, it's dis-ease and it's not yours. And so it's pushing you out of your body. That's what happens. I feel like, and I don't honestly know if I have a, it's interesting to say a fear of rejection because as far as my business, I'm pretty fearless about trying things. Right. On stage, I'll go on stage without for an hour and a half without an idea of what I want to say. Oh, just, we've no, we've noticed. Yeah, <laughs> just take questions from the crowd, or so. I don't know if I have a fear of rejection. I just think that the amount of rejections starts to pile up. Yes, and yes, because it's another facet of rejection, and it's actually the sneaky facet of it. Got it's it, almost it. like as well as a fear of destruction where it's all going to creep up, pile up, and it's going to take me down. So, which, does that make sense how I'm saying that? And given the story you've told, that would make sense to me because if you're absorbing, 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 slowly it's pushing you out of your space, that means that you're not present and you're not actually in the driver's seat. And I tell you, that's why I left Los Angeles. I feel like mm -hmm. Los Angeles had started to turn me into somebody that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I've always been a dude or a person that's very happy for other people's success. And your success has nothing to do with mine. And I've never been a guy who compares myself to other people. Like, But that started to happen. And I could feel it. It had started, whatever that energy was, it started to change me. And my, I moved to Nashville and it was the best thing that ever happened for me personally. It ended up being personal and professional ended up being at the same time. But I think professional happened because of personal. Mm -hmm. And because I got back to kind of just who I was, which is just somebody who wants everybody to be happy and I want to have fun. And I hope I have fun doing my job and and um, and just to really enjoy life, you know? Mm -hmm. Abundance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Abundance. Abundance consciousness. Yes. And competition energy, compare, contrast. And like you said, you know, if you have this, then I can't. That belief system is scarcity. And it's also insatiable at the same time. So no matter what I do, it's not going to be enough, right? Because I'm in scarcity. There's a lot of people, and we've worked with them, uh, who will tell you that they really support other people and comedians. They really want them to succeed. And there's just not any truth to that. But Josh, truly, I've never seen a jealous bone in your body. Uh, I've never seen you be like, Fuck, man. But, that, do, but that's you know. what he's saying. What happened is it invaded his true nature. Mm -hmm. And because we can't help but when you're in toxicity, you're going to absorb it. Right. And it may not. And it's and it's also it's a self betrayal in itself because it's almost like every day you have a choice. 
am I going to buy into this? And am I going to buy into the compare and contrast? And how can I? And then we begin to fight it. When we fight it, we become it because by the nature of that type of energy that he just described, it is about win and lose. And so when we're trying to reject it, we're actually playing its game. And so, and we lose ourselves that way. It's that, again, we're talking about the many facets of these shadow frequencies and how they'll find their way in and try to take root and then take us over. So then the shadow begins to run us rather than our light, our true nature. And he had the strength, the fortitude and the the self-awareness to say, "Mm, that's not me, I'm out, right? But a lot of people get stuck and lost in it and can't and can't do that shift like he did no totally i I, yeah i i i think it was probably by the way 50 50 i think when i got to nashville i could feel i knew i didn't something was happening with me that i didn't there was a different energy Mm -hmm. i think it was when i got out and got to nashville where i got to go oh i was that guy well, Holy yeah, because you were in the toxic soup. And when you got out of the out of the pot, you could breathe. And once you could breathe, you could go, oh, wow. So what does that say about the rest of us who've stayed in Los Angeles? It means it's not affecting you in the same way that's affecting him. It doesn't make I Los Angeles. Well, I think it is, it. But, but I have a wife who's not going anywhere. So, <laughs> okay. so but again, we're not judging Los Angeles. And this is a super important point. We're not judging something as good or bad. We're saying that there's an energy here that was connecting without Josh's permission or without your permission, without my permission, that was invasive. And it found that part of me that's in doubt. It found that part of me that's in fear and it grabbed on. And I had to pull myself out of it so that I could see where it was connecting to me so I could break my agreement with it. It's again, it's that beast, right? No. And and I, I heard you say earlier, when this thought comes in, I just tell it no. And that's exactly what we all need to do. When the beast shows up and we know what that beast is, that diminishing thought, that painful memory that we already processed and we don't want to, you just have to say, it's not called bypassing. It's called looking at it in the face and saying, no more, you don't get my energy. I am choosing to focus on where love is present, where it is positive. I've been doing a lot of that where I am in control of my brain. Agency. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like there were times where they go, I'm just, and I'm not, I don't want to minimize this. Right. But I'd be like, oh, I'm just depressed. And then I, I started to go, well, Who's telling you you're depressed? Your brain? Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Your brain's telling you depressed. Mm-hmm. So instead of your brain telling you, whenever it comes up, just tell your brain, hey, that's not. Yeah. That's not you're, it's entrainment. Instead of thinking I'm depressed, every time I thought I'm depressed, I would think of what? Again, I would think about you know, what I, I can't believe I get to do this for a job. I can't believe I'm selling more tickets now than I ever have. I can't believe that, you know, my wife and I are in a, honestly in a better spot than we ever have been at all the positives. Mm -hmm. And so I just got to a point where I just wouldn't allow, I know it sounds simplistic. And again, I don't mean to simplify people who have mental health issues, but for me, it, that's what it was. I was a dude who had convinced himself. I just get depressed sometimes. And then one day I was on mushrooms. (laughs) 
<laughs> one day in Nashville, I was in, I was on mushrooms and I had had a really, de- I was depressed that day. And I thought, I'm going fucking outer space tonight. And while in outer space, my brain said to me, Hey, remember earlier today when you were depressed and you were that depressed guy? Well, this is the same brain, same dude. You've just decided not to be tonight because you're on drugs. But guess what? You don't have to be on drugs to decide that. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge moment for me. Wow. Same brain, same dude, same house, four hours later. But it took the drugs for you to hear that. And that's really the message here is we got to do Two more shrooms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brad, yeah. you know, one night, so I started using shrooms to kind of try to heal my brain. And one night I would take mushrooms and sit in the room by myself and go into the covers. And one night I went on a little trip. I don't remember what the trip was, but I remember I came out from under the covers and I said out loud, I forgive all of you. I hope you can forgive me. Mm. And the next morning I woke up feeling so much lighter. I don't remember what the trip was, but I remember thinking to myself, I can't hang on to whatever petty grudges or anything I have. It's just energy I don't need. And sending it out to other people for whoever holds them against me. I'm sorry. I hope you can forgive me for whatever it was. And these things that I, I never guess, I know that's going to sound simplistic too, but I never realized how powerful my brain was. It's not, it's not yeah. your brain. It's On your, shrooms. It's your the shrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were good shrooms. <laughs> Clearly. I want some of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the shrooms tell the, the analyzer to be quiet. Yes. And the, I always call it, you know, your, your cognitive processor, which likes That's to why I always say things and create scenarios or yeah. narratives that are diminishing or, but depression is a form of not being present in your space. So when I have no energy, I am depressed. I have no will, right? No chi. And that's a function of, of part of what you've been doing or in the past was absorbing everybody's energy. So that pushes you out of your body or if you're living in the future or if you're living and ruminating in the why, why did that happen to me? Victim consciousness. A lot of that is the core of depression. And when you said, you know, I, I told my brain, no, I ha- I control my brain. I would phrase that as I have, you now have agency over your thoughts, your energy, and where you direct it. And you're choosing to be the director of your own movie and to create a narrative that actually creates uh, abundance and well-being rather than one that is diminishing and destructive, right? And so that's the process of, you know, practicing what you're talking about. And when you keep saying it's simple, because it is simple. It is a simple choice. Now, the rest of it requires practice, which is where it takes time and it takes this belief that I'm here to practice not to be perfect. I'm not perfect. And I won't every time tell that energy to be quiet. I won't every time focus on what I want rather than what I don't want, but I'm going to keep practicing. And the more I practice, the more agency I have over my energy. It's not bypass. Bypassing, and I want to say this is really important for people who are listening. I think Josh and Brad, you both already know this, but positivity is different 
than what we're talking about. You can't just positively talk over your pain. You have to look at the pain and say, wait a minute, what is this pain about? You don't have to jump into the pain and submerge yourself in it because that's scary and it's not necessary. All you need to do is say, what is this pain trying to tell me? Or what is the lie that I'm buying into that is not a service? And then you can say, I'm going to shift that. I don't want to be in scarcity. I'm going to say and pay attention to where there's abundance in my life. Now I'm using my strength and my agency agency to shift the energy so that you can have and write your own narrative. And that's what you're talking about that you did. And there's nothing wrong with you. I mean, there's a lot of value to, I've never done mushrooms, but I work with practitioners who take people on journeys and really help them to use that to shut up the brain, that analyzer part, and awaken that depth of knowing that you're utilizing now. And that's bringing you so much, you know, success or balance or harmony now. And I'll just say, to close this out, that I'm going to do shrooms with Josh and we're both going to get under covers yeah. and do All it. Right. And we'll, we'll go on a strange trip and we'll see what happens. And I honestly, you, Brad, I Brad, a lot entire, of weed with Josh and it's fun. So uh, this entire podcast, all I've been thinking is you asked Natasha first. <laughs> <laughs> What? Oh, see, no. I'm glad jealousy isn't. Uh, <laughs> you just said. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad jealousy isn't present. Joshy, uh, thank you so much. Buddy, thank you it for having nice me on. nice to meet you. Uh, you are just a great guy. You really you are. You are too, dude. I appreciate oh, you. Listen, man, you know, who you are now and who you are when I met you, it, you're like two different humans. Well, thank you. The, you. the human growth in you has been like... Josh has been a real leader and a kind of a, a personal life coach uh, in many uh, aspects. So I appreciate that. Yeah, dude. And, and the haircut is so much better. Oh, tell me about <laughs> it. Tell me about it. My God, I can't believe I wore that thing for so many years. What did I you think wear? You my, thought... af- my throwy curly hair. Oh, I, think I didn't know you. That's what made you funny. I did. It was. It was like a Samson not... thing. Like, like yeah. that, that if without this and without this look. And honestly, I'm far more confident in my humor and my uh, ability now than than mm-hmm. I was back then, for sure. The more present you are, the more you're going to feel capable, right? And I think- Brad And also the better looking you presence. are. And the hotter you are, the cooler you're going to feel. <laughs> yeah. All right, Thank Josh. Thanks, that. buddy. Thank you so much, y'all. Thank you. All right. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Funny Energy. And don't forget to write a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out. Sure does, Jackie. While you're at it, follow us on Instagram at Funny Energy Podcast for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things funny and energy. We'll see you next week for another energy cleansing. And some real laughter through the pain. <laughs>